All right, guys.、Um, welcome back to another episode of Hundred、uh, Books Here with Kevin.、Uh, it has been a few days since、uh, we last did the update.、I、apologize for that.、Uh, work just got really busy.、Um, so let's let's talk about the three stages of a country's uprising. Right. Let's talk about the rise today. Right. What kind of a characteristic from a, a market cycle perspective would that be? Okay. So. The rise phase began when there is a strong enough and capable enough leadership to gain power and design an excellent system to increase the country's wealth and power. So you kind of see in this、um, either laying the foundation for this or their systems start to to like turn right. So. We talk about the A determinants last time, right? So, in this particular case, for the rise, we're gonna have strong education, right? It is not just teaching the knowledge and skills, but actually,、um, setting up great talent within the, a country within the、um, industry, and then strong character, uh, civility, and then work ethic development. So. The society tend to have a healthy respect for the laws and order in a society, low corruption, and then really want people to work together. Right, we kind of touched on that yesterday or last time. Now, innovating and inventing new technology. This is a critical step.、Um, a company that is on the rise has to have great technology. I would say the U.S. right in the、uh, um in the eighties、um, with the、uh, internet with the technology, right in the book um they talk about the Dutch Empire, you know hundreds of years ago when they are first started to do uh um you know um worldwide trading right they you know like went on like a selling trip and then they trade and then they kind of invented this idea of capitalism. Next is they. Are open minded, right? They they're open to the best thinking in the world, and with all of these factors, we're gonna see is workers, government, a military, they all work well together. Now, as a result of these things all combined, the country will have a more productive outcome, right? Higher GDP, and then、um, they're gonna be a hefty player or like a. More dominant player in the world market as well, right? And then their they their shares of the world's trade is actually rising, right? Um, Do, uh, Ray Dalio argues that China is actually battling U.S. in this particular、um, arena, right? So if done well, this virtuous cycle will produce a strong income growth, and then they will actually invest in, uh, infrastructure, education, R and D. Or they sometimes wanted to develop other countries as well to create like a good relationship with them. Like China has done so in Africa, right? So the country must develop a system that incentivizes and empowers those who have the ability to make wealth or generate wealth and get rich. And this is probably the most important step in this whole arena. Is you need to let your People let your citizens be well off, right?、Um, China is a prime a a prime a example under uh uh Deng Xiaoping, right? Um, the uh chairman after Mao and then 
uh, you know, back in the 80s, they started to open up their like ports and they started to like do uh, commerce trade and whatnot. So that really kickstarts what we see right now. So we talk about labor market, we talk about incentive, we talk about R&D, and we need to focus on as a quote-unquote country or empire that's on the rise on innovation. Like another example Ray Dalio put in this book is um, Dutch people, right? When they first created um, this whole concept of trading, right, they created the Dutch East India Company. And they also created the first version of the stock market in a sense. So these are altogether counted as an integral part of the machine kind of produce a lot of wealth and power. So as a natural consequence, right, all of the greatest empires throughout history, after they build up their infrastructure, after they build up their foundational system, um, their uh, R&D center, right, their technology center, if you will, they started to become world's leading financial center. Um, New, uh, New York has done it right before. Um, Amsterdam was the financial center when Dutch was, you know, on the rise. London was that one when uh, British people were on the top. And Shanghai is that one right now in China. So as the country expands its international dealings to become the largest empire, the transaction has to be paid in that currency, right? That is kind of just how things work when you are on the rise. So the most important aspect of this is who, whoever it is, right? Like, you know, China, US, British, whenever they were at their peak, their currency is always a reserve currency. Always, always, always. So according to all of those reasons, right? Those cause and effect relationships, they actually, it's a multifaceted a success story, if you will, right? We have financial, we have political, we have military, we have um, innovation, we have economical success. So all of the empire that become the world most powerful countries follow this path to the top. And I think this is something that is worth knowing and memorizing to judge a country's future. I think Redato is doing a good job putting this context here so that we can all learn from it and then kind of compare notes if you will right so um that's it for me today and then i promise i will do a podcast tomorrow so um if you like this series uh, subscribe to the podcast and then tomorrow we're going to talk about actually what it's like at the top and then what are the signs or what early signs of um country going downhill so we're gonna touch on that tomorrow all right Thank you guys so, so much for listening and then uh, we're going to talk to you guys tomorrow. All right, see you.